Greetings, fellow witches, wizards, warlocks, and everything in between. You're listening to All Things Contested Realm, a podcast where we discuss all things having to do with sorcery, contested realm, the trading card game. I'm your host, Kevin Rodriguez, also known online and around the Discord servers as Kevmo, and this is episode 8. In episode 8, we're going to take the beta precon decks, and we are going to do a beta precon budget upgrade episode, where we will be taking the precon decks of each of the beta precons, and we're going to do a budget sort of upgrade of each one within the $20 range and the $100 range. So we're going to see what kind of really cool upgrades, what kind of cards we can add and remove from these things to kind of give yourself a little bit more of a competitive budget build to these pre-con decks. Uh, like I said, within a $20 range, if you just want to add a handful of cards in there. And then also, if you got a little bit more money to toss into them, we're going to do it for a $100 budget upgrade for each of these decks. All right, but before we get into the main part of the episode, I like to start every episode by reading the reviews that we have for the podcast. Now, as of now, we do not have any new Apple Podcast reviews, so if you are on Apple Podcasts and you would love to leave a review for the podcast, we are always up to read any and all reviews, uh, whether they're good or bad. I love reading all the creative criticism that we get on there about what you guys want to hear, what you guys are thinking about the podcast. So no new Apple Podcast reviews, but we have had some people leave some five-star reviews on Spotify, which we are always very grateful for. So currently, the podcast is up to 19 five-star reviews on Spotify. So that's still really, really cool. Again, if you'd like to leave the podcast any reviews, we would love to read them at the beginning of the episode. And uh, we're always very grateful for those. So thank you very much. All right. And the other segment that we like to do at the beginning of each episode is the news and highlights. So the news and highlights today for the podcast, we recently just did our $50 gift certificate giveaway from our sponsor, CardDig.com. Once again, CardDig.com is the sponsor of the podcast. CardDig is the number one go-to spot for all things sorcery. They have singles, foils, they have accessories such as play mats and card sleeves. And they recently just added these really cool custom-made little counters to their inventory as well. They did a very big Black Friday sale for the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, so that was really, really cool of them. But more importantly, like I said, they sponsored the very first giveaway that the podcast hosted, where we had a bunch of stuff going on that you can gain entries. Uh, Specifically, episode seven, I read off three names of cards throughout the episodes. I also posted a giveaway post on the Instagram, and people that interacted with those posts gained entries into the giveaway. I opened it up for one week, and the week ended last this last Wednesday. So whenever you're listening to this, it was uh, one week. And I cut off those, and then I did a drawing just in time for the Black Friday sale, and uh, we have our winners. So before we get into that real quick, I just want to give another shout out and thanks to CardDig.com for sponsoring the giveaway and for generously donating those two $50 gift certificates to their site. And uh, it was very exciting, very fun, and I hope to do more giveaways in the near future. But for the first one, it was very successful. We had a lot of entries, about 108 uh, entries into the giveaway uh, over Discord and Instagram. So it was very, very exciting. I did a randomized wheel giveaway. I hosted it live on the podcast Discord. And then I recorded that video and posted it in the announcements on the podcast Discord. So if you aren't part of the podcast Discord, just remind everybody, we do have a dedicated podcast Discord server. For anybody who is a listener and would like to be part of the podcast Discord community, uh, I'll go ahead and post that link at the bottom of the show notes. But we pulled two names for the winners of that giveaway, and each of them won one of two $50 gift certificates to carddig.com. And we are going to announce the names of those winners we did tag them on the Discord, so they know, they both know uh, who they are. We already gave out those gift certificates, like I said, just in time for the sales. But for the sake of the podcast, we'd like to announce that OC Destroyer, as well as Dragline Geo, were chosen as our two winners. 
So congratulations to them. Really, really fun. I had a fun time. A lot of people entered. A lot of people enjoyed this giveaway. So I do want to do plenty more giveaways in the future, especially stuff that is exclusive to the podcast Discord server. So if you're not in there, go ahead and check it out. And I'm very thankful to all the listeners who participated in that giveaway. So it was really, really cool to see a lot of interaction there. All right, and another small little update with the podcast news and highlights is that uh, I was recently accepted into the league server as a voluntary judge. So uh, nothing nothing too big, nothing really uh, podcast related, but I thought it was kind of cool. I, I kind of strive to learn a lot of the rules in the uh, Magic the Gathering when I played that a lot. And so naturally that carried over to sorcery and I love learning all the rules, the interactions, the advanced timeline sort of thing. So I, I'm really happy that, uh, that they accepted me in there and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So just a small little update right there. Speaking of the Sorcery League, we're going to move into the Sorcery part of our news and highlights. So the Sorcery League, hosted by Ira of the Sorcery team, he uh, went ahead and started the beginning of the Sorcery League 2023 League Championship. Now, that is running for a handful of weeks. It is going to be rounds that are best of three. And uh, if you were part of the 2023 season, you were welcomed into this, you were invited into this uh, championship round. So that's pretty, pretty cool. It's going to be really cool to see uh, all these games play. Play out. I am participating in the league championship, so that's going to be really fun. Now, along with this, they posted some updates to some tabletop simulator rules specifically within the league. These are not necessarily going to be official to the rulebook for sorcery, but a lot of people use these rulings as unofficial ways of going about these sort of instances where these rules have to uh, have to matter. But the specific updates that we saw to the tabletop simulator rules within the League server was mostly about Chaos Twister and its interactions with large minions and uh, the update to the Chaos Twister rules as far as which dice rolls uh, indicate which outcomes. We also saw updates to the rulings regarding borders when you use auras that affect the borders of things or Magellan's globe, as well as some small updates to kind of clarify further the terms summon versus cast uh, on specific cards to just further clarify what the intended purpose was for these effects. So a handful of little updates for the official Sorcery League. Uh, If you're not part of the league and you do have an interest in playing the seasons or the championship games, go ahead and join the main Discord channel and uh, reach out in there and people would be more than happy to link the league server and give you some updates and insights as far as uh, league play. But that is pretty much the closest thing we have to an online competitive feel. So uh, it's really, really fun. So if you are interested in some online gameplay that has a little bit more of that competition edge to it, go ahead and definitely check that out. I'm sure there will be some videos coming out of game play for the 2023 league championship so uh, if you're interested in that stay tuned so another small update that we have is a follow-up on that eric's curiosa beta curio now last episode we had discussed that supposedly we had some people pulling the eric's curiosa card within the beta packs now as we had said before Eric's Curiosa was a card that was released in the alpha set and was officially not printed within the main set in beta. But we did have people pulling an Eric's Curiosa within the beta packs, specifically within the curio slots, which had led us to believe that Eric's Curiosa was a curio now in beta. Now, we had not confirmed this before as of the last episode, but... Since then, one of our fellow community members, Hain from Wizard's Den, did a really cool episode highlighting the different printings of the Alpha versus Beta cards, notably mentioning that in Beta, we had seen a higher resolution printing of these cards, and if you look under a microscope or even a jeweler's loop, you can see the difference between the rosettes and the printing quality, and you can see that between Alpha and Beta, they changed their printing processes, and that the Beta cards are printed in a high resolution print. Now, this 
matters because the alpha version of Eric's Curiosa was printed using the alpha printing process, and these new beta-pulled ones were looked under the microscope by Hain himself, as well as a handful of other community members, and they did see that the beta version was indeed printed using the beta printing practices, so it is a higher resolution, so it was officially pulled within the beta packs. Now, because it is not officially in the beta set, once again, it does lead us to believe that it is a beta curio found within the beta packs, especially because it is very, very rare. It has the same rarity as most of the other curios that we found so far. And again, it is found in those curio slots, those last ordinary slots. So even though we cannot fully confirm anything about curios because the company really does not want to have any say in these things, it has pretty much been unofficially confirmed by the community and all the data points that we have that we've gathered from all these different pull rates and all that stuff that it pretty much has been unofficially confirmed that the Eric's Curiosa beta version is in fact a curio. So thank you so much to Hain for all your research that you did and that video that you did pointing that out and pretty much helping us confirm this question that we had with the Eric's Curiosa in the beta set. All right, and one last update that we have to the sorcery side of things is that Alex West, one of the community members who's very active in our communities, the main Discord as well as a handful of other Discords, Alex West is trying to organize a sorcery convention in Seattle, Washington for all those located in the U.S., especially on the West Coast. Alex is trying to organize a giant sorcery convention in Seattle, Washington in February 2024 for President's Day weekend, and it's going to be very fun, very exciting. They already have a venue chosen. They're working on organizing the the events and the booths that are going to be there. They're working on getting some guests, possibly some artists coming in. Um, we do have a handful of content creators that are trying to show up and do their own thing, have their own live streams or their own uh, booths there for their own merchandise. And uh, I myself might even try to go up there and uh, try to either do a booth there for the podcast and do some live recording, maybe even bring some podcast merchandise. I really don't know yet. Worst case scenario, I definitely at least want to possibly try to show up just to meet a lot of you guys and play some fun events and some games and some tournaments, win some prizes. Either way, it sounds really, really fun. Like I said, it is still in the planning process. There is a thread that is currently going on within the main Discord, and I also linked to it in the podcast Discord channel. I will post a link to that thread uh, within the main Discord in the show notes, so if you do have any interest in this event or you have questions or you would like to inquire about setting up a booth or hosting an event, go ahead and reach out to Alex, uh, Alex West in the Discord for any questions you have there, or go ahead and follow the link that I post in the show notes, and uh, you can go ahead and ask your questions or follow up in that main thread that was created for that. It's very exciting because right now we don't have too many conventions going on that sorcery can be a part of, and to have a sorcery-based convention on the West Coast within the United States is very, very exciting for all those that are located on this side of the map. So I'm excited to see how that goes and definitely excited to possibly show up for that and uh, play some games with all you guys. All right. And without further ado, we're going to move on to the main part of the episode because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to, like I said, break it down. Each of these decks found within the beta precon starter kit. We have four decks. We have one for each element, earth, fire, water, and air. And I'm going to take each of these decks and we're going to just take a quick peek at what these decks include right out of the box. We're going to look at what this deck is trying to do on its own as a beta precon deck, and then we're going to look at some of the good cards that should be considered as upgrades or swap in and out for some of these other cards, and we're going to look at building a deck using a $20 upgrade budget limit as well as the $100 budget upgrade limit for each of these elemental decks, and I also created my own version of each upgrade deck on Curiosa, and I will put a link to those decks at the bottom of the show notes. That way you can go ahead and click on that and kind of take a look at these example decks that I made within these budget limits 
for each deck. Now as just a reminder, each of the precon decks came with 36 spells and 16 sites. And remember that is four spells short of a full deck for the spell deck as well as four sites short of a full atlas deck. And they do this because they want you to be able to fit in a handful of different cards in there and kind of add to your deck. So uh, keep in mind, we do have those extra slots to work with, and I will cover that later. But we are going to aim to make these decks full 40 card spell deck and 20 card sight atlas decks uh, when we do these budget upgrades. Also keep in mind that when I'm talking about these prices, as far as keeping these prices within a certain budget and these card values, I'm going to be referring to prices from TCG Player in most cases, only because TCG Player has been widely adopted, uh, especially in the Magic communities and some other trading card communities, as the go-to source for estimating the average values of these cards. So I'm going to go ahead and use that as well when we're estimating the values of the sorcery cards for the sake of the budget upgrades and the limits that we're putting on these as far as the $20 limit and the $100 limit for these upgrades. Um, there are going to be a handful of cards that you can only find outside of TCG players such as Crusade and Jihad. Um, those I will be using the CardDig.com prices because CardDig does usually keep those cards in stock. And of course, them being the sponsor, uh, I definitely want to point some traffic uh, towards card dig as they ship internationally. And they're a great way of getting your hands on some of these cards. Now, keep in mind, there will be a difference in prices. If you do want to do your shopping on carddig.com, we're always going to go ahead and push towards that direction uh, as some of these prices that might be higher on TCG player, you might find lower on card dig and then maybe a little vers vice versa. So we're taking a little bit of an average here, but uh, depending on where you shop, you might be able to fit in a few more cards within your budget limit, depending on where you go and, and how you go about doing it. And if there's a sale going, on so but this is just a general way of uh, kind of getting our idea of how to do these budget upgrades so without further ado we're going to go ahead and start with the first deck that we have and that is the fire deck now just to remind the listeners the avatar for the fire deck in the beta precons was flamecaller now flamecaller has a normal tap to player draw side ability but it also has a special ability to tap banish all your dead fire minions and then you shoot a projectile and it deals damage equal to the sum of their fire threshold. So very, very cool, very powerful ability there uh, as far as getting your stuff into the cemetery and then using them to uh, shoot out this projectile and to uh, do some damage there. So the main focus of this deck seems to want to be a lot of fire aggro on top of the, uh, the realm as well as getting these guys into your cemetery to be able to deliver some really devastating blows with that projectile uh, adding up their fire threshold from the cemetery. So with that in mind, we're gonna take a look at what the beta precon comes with and then uh, go from there. So the fire beta precon came with a handful of different uh, minions that are in there. Now, some of these are relatively good and uh, are worth keeping in the deck. Some of them are probably just some simple things for some diversity and for some easy um, beginner play, but they're ones that might we might swap out a little bit later once we do these upgrades. So we have some things such as Real Dromedary, Lava Salamander. Uh, we have some really good aggro cards such as Sacred Scarabs, Colicky Dragonettes. We also have some kill spell minions like Claimer of Harpies. We have some defense such as uh, Hillock Bass and Infernal Legion is a really good card in there that they included, um, as well as some spells. We have Firebolts, Blaze, Heat Ray, Explosions, Fireballs, all your normal uh, fiery projectiles there. And as far as the sites go, we have all of the deserts, as well as the Shifting Sands 
and they included Vesuvius in this deck. So that was really cool. Um, now, the main thing that we want to focus on this deck is the fact that you want a lot of fire threshold on these cards. So the Precon deck came with a bunch of minions that have one threshold uh, mark on them. So these ones are going to be easy to get out early game, but they're not really going to be doing too much stuff once they're in your cemetery. And uh, for the sake of this budget upgrade, we're going to consider cards that at least have two or three threshold blips on them because that way once you get them in there they're going to be doing more than just one damage each you're going to be able to start getting two to three damage per minion that's in your cemetery to take a little bit more advantage of the flame caller's tap ability so some of the main cards that we have as considerations and i'm going to break these down into different price points here so like i said we want to keep with cards that have at least two threshold emblems if possible so for the sake of that we have some really good cards such as season cell sword and eremos mercenaries each have a couple blips there these are going to be great discard outlets that you're able to use their discard abilities to get stuff into your cemetery that you might just want in there to be able to shoot it as a projectile. So for that, Season Cell Sword, uh, those are relatively cheap. Those are under a dollar. Airmos Mercenaries, about 15 cents. Great discard outlets. Infiltrate is always a very good card to include in fire decks. Now that does only have one fire threshold, but it's a great way to get control of your opponent's minions. That's only about $1.25. Like I said, all these prices are as I'm recording the episode. Uh, as I'm writing these down, these are what these prices are at. Outback Strider is a very great card. It has a couple blips on there, and it's a really resourceful, useful card for getting around and getting some damage in. Those are under a dollar as well. Packed with the Devil is about between four to five dollars, and that being unique is a really good one to include in this deck because it gives you that card draw opportunity out of it we also have some other minions like vile imp which uh, gets you that damage as well as a body out there those are only about a quarter right now with the beta ones swiven scout colicky dragonettes also good ones that have multiple fire thresholds on them that have really good utility to them it did include a copy of colicky dragonettes in there but if you want to add more copies, they are around 75 cents. Swiven Scout's about 25. They allow some more card advantage in the game. Gross Poltergeist is about 60 cents. Gross Poltergeist is a great way to have a strategy around artifacts. So you get some interaction with artifacts there. Scorched Earth is another great one to consider. That's sitting around a dollar. Scorched Earth allows you to destroy a bunch of your sites possibly getting some of your minions into the cemetery as well as destroying some of your enemies' minions. So that's a decent card right there. And then you have a handful of spells uh, that you might only have one or two of within the main deck. So if you do want to add more of those and get a little bit more of an emphasis on the spells, you have anything from Fireball, Minor Explosion, Blaze, all sitting around a quarter or so. Ancient Dragon is another great one to include in there as that has three Fire Threshold on there. That's about $1.50 or so. And uh, Infernal Legion it does come with a copy, but if you do want another copy that's sitting around a dollar. Now these ones are really great because they do have three threshold symbols. So even if you don't play them and you're able to discard them and put them into your cemetery, you can automatically get three damage right there just from those guys. So like I said, if you use these discard outlets such as Aramos Mercenaries and Season Sellsword, you can discard those into your cemetery and get that damage in from the projectile from your flame collar. Or if you do have enough mana, they also are great just to get out as big heavy hitters on the board. So you can really utilize them 
in multiple ways there. They also have a handful of sites that are really, really good, such as Primordial Spring to get you that advantage if you are down on sites or if you happen to use something like Scorch Earth, you're going to be able to draw multiple sites out of that. Sinkhole is a great way to have board control. These are all around a dollar or two. Roots of Yggdrasil is a great combo with Scorched Earth. If you want that board wipe to destroy everything, this also includes putting a lot of your stuff into the cemetery, which is a great finishing move because then you can just banish all of it and deal that projectile before your opponent has the opportunity to recover from that. Uh, and then you also have Mirage, which is really good at re-triggering those deserts that are within this starting deck. So all of these cards are, most of them are going to be under a dollar. We do have a few that are around a dollar or just above a dollar, but uh, you can kind of use these to customize your deck however you want to a little bit. But again, you're going to want to put a lot of emphasis on these cards that have at least two to three fire threshold symbols on them. There are a few in here that only have one, but like I said, if they do give you a bigger payoff, uh, you can have those that have one in here. So those are all a bunch of cards that you can include for the cheaper $20 upgrade. Like I said, most of those are very affordable. You can get a lot of those for super, super cheap. Now the $100 upgrade, if you're going for the $100 upgrade, there are a handful of cards that are a little bit more expensive. You can fit these into the $20 upgrade if you sacrifice some of the other cheaper cards and you just want to fit in a couple of these expensive cards. But some of these cards are Jihad. Uh, that's roughly around $20. Again, you can get it on carddig.com because you're not able to get it on TCG Player. Carddig has it for around $20. This is a great one to be able to cast out and get your minions on the opponent's sites as well as power them up a little bit. You do have Smokestacks of Ganok. That is a way to have some board control. That's sitting around $650. River of Flame is a very, very good card. They included that in the Alpha Precon. They did not include that in the Beta Precon, but that is just under $10 right there. That's a great one to have in a fire deck. Another auto-include are the Mixes, Mix Ignis. These are around $7 to $7.50 each. Card Dig does have them for a little bit cheaper. Uh, like I said, great to browse around, uh, but these are going to be a great include for these, especially getting out those larger minions uh, that you need that mana boost for. That will definitely put some pressure on the opponent. You also have Death Dealer. That is a little bit more expensive. That's sitting around the $30, $25, $30 range, but that will be a great board wipe, especially getting your own stuff in the cemetery to be able to get that projectile out. So that's a little bit more of a, an expensive one. You also have Mirror Realm, which is going to be good in any deck. So all of these upgrades are going to basically consider Mirror Realm in there because Mirror Realm can copy the deserts to get another ping in there and copy some of these other utility lands, as well as Ruby Core, which is a little bit up there. It is sitting around the $60 to $70 range, but that is going to give you a little bit more of that mana boost. So depending on your budget, depending on which ones you want to prioritize, you are able to make a very decent deck out of this deck with a $100 budget. Now, we're going to look at the cards that you can take out of this deck. Like I said, Real Dromedary. It's just a vanilla creature. It does not really do too much on its own. Nomads as well have that movement buff, but on their own, they are only one threshold and don't do too, too much. Same with Ogre Goons. Uh, a lot of these cards like Sandworm, they're just going to be good cards, but... Not so much. They're not really doing too much in this deck as far as helping you out with your ability. There's some better cards that might be able to find a better spot in here. Harpies is a decent kill spell. So if you find yourself going up against weaker minions, that might be a good one to keep in there. However, for the sake of this one, we're looking at getting rid of that one just because it is a little bit of a higher cost to get out. Petrosian Cavalry, Eskillian Cyclops. Uh, these are ones that don't do too much. And might be decent to swap out with some of these other cards. Ascalon Phoenix is really decent if you're doing a lot of area of effect cards and a lot of fire spells. But it's another one that you might be able to consider taking out for something that is a little bit lower mana cost and going to get you a little bit more of that threshold. Quarrelsome Kobolds is a very good card. 
It's been finding a lot of good places in these aggro decks, and that is a decent card to keep in here if you do like how that card plays. However, it is also one that I've marked down as a possible removal. Same with Hillock Basilisk. Great defense card, really good at disabling the opponent's minions, but uh, for the sake of this deck, we're going to consider those as possible removals just in case you want to add some other higher utility cards in here or cards with higher threshold. Same with Lava Salamander. We put that as a possible removal one just because uh, what we're trying to do with this deck as far as the decks that I'm building don't really utilize that. But if you are using a lot of these spells and you want more spellcasters in there to have this higher range of being able to shoot your projectiles around the board. And uh, if you do include Pact with the Devil, it is good to have those extra spellcasters in there to be able to sacrifice. So Lava Salamander might be a good include to keep in that deck, um, but that is one that is a consideration for swapping out with some of these other ones. Like I said, I did end up building my own $20 budget build for the fire deck as well as a $100 budget build, and uh, I tried using these cards that have a little bit higher threshold and a little more utility, a little more versatility in these decks and kind of go along with what I feel like this deck is trying to accomplish. I did post a link to those in the show notes so you can kind of see an example of some decks that I wanted to build with these. Um, but those are the ones that I went ahead and cut. All right, so that is it for the fire deck. We're going to move on to the air deck next. So to remind everybody, the new avatar for the air deck is Spark Mage. Spark Mage, again, has that same tap to play or draw a sight, and then they have the ability to tap, target nearby location, deal damage to another random unit there equal to the sum of their air threshold on spells you've cast this turn. So this is going to want you to play a lot of multiple spells per turn, things that probably have a lot of air threshold markings on them so that you can really get the most out of this ability to be able to do additional damage based on the amount of spells that you've cast. So you're gonna wanna have a lot of lower cost stuff in there to be able to pump out multiple spells per turn and deal this extra damage. So very, very powerful ability right there. So let's go ahead and look at the pre-con version that it already came with. You do have a lot of low mana minions in here. A lot of them have one air threshold on them. So we are going to be aiming for more cards, just like with the fire deck, that have multiple threshold symbols on them since this really cares about the threshold symbols. Now the beta pre-con came with things such as Sling Pixies, Snow Leopard, Cloud Spirit, stuff like that where they're just kind of simple minions. Uh, we have Dead of Night Demon. There are some more advanced ones like Headless Haunt that deal with randomization. You have Spire Lich, which can be very powerful when you're on a tower with that. You do, of course, have your Apprentice Wizard, which gives you that card draw ability. And Nimbus Gin, which is really good because it's got that powerhouse, that ability that gets you extra damage. Uh, and then they, of course, included a Grandmaster Wizard to get even more card draw out of there. As far as the magic goes, they did a lot of damage spells and movement spells, which are Lightning Bolt, Blink, Teleports, Chain Lightning. And uh, in the case of this one, they also included a Raise Dead, which is a great card to include in these decks that care about random stuff and being able to control random outcomes. And with that, they did include Lucky Charm, which is a great way to get more possibilities of those random outcomes that you want uh, in your favor. They also included some decent sites. As far as the three towers, you also have Observatory, which is really great at getting that card stacking on top of your deck. And uh, Cloud City is another great one that they included in this one because that gives you that ability to move that site around the board a little bit and have that extra movement on there uh, to get you places and get you 
near these things that you want to hit with your avatar. We're going to start with the $20 upgrade. These will either be cards that have multiple mana thresholds on them or just have a little bit more utility out of them to do what this deck wants to do. So for example, we added another Lucky Charm in here for consideration, that's sitting around a quarter. Thunderstorm is another good damage spell which has a couple blips on there, that's also quarter. I included Wind Sylph as a possibility because it does have a couple of threshold symbols on it. Not to mention you have an airborne unit that is also a spellcaster and can get you that extra forced movement for a little bit more movement for moving your uh, units around with Wind Sylph. Now Wind Sylph does have to be the caster of these spells, but you can easily work that into it to get that bonus movement right there. It's always worth including a few more Apprentice Wizards. Those are sitting just under a quarter. And Grandmaster Wizard is a little bit more expensive. It's around four to $5, but you just need one more copy. So that is reasonable to fit into the $20 budget if you do want that extra card draw from that. Um, but it does come with one of those. I also included some magics that are great utility magic like Disenchant. Those are only around 10 cents or so. Those are great for dealing with artifacts and auras. You have more of these cards that already came in the deck, but you probably want more copies of these such as lightning bolt and teleport and blink which are all around 10 to 15 cents for that damage and movement. I've also included Poisonous Dagger because since the avatar itself is dealing that damage, Poisonous Dagger is a great one to include to get that lethal damage and deal with those large problematic minions by only needing to do one damage to something in order to get rid of it. So those are around a quarter right there. It's great to include a couple of those. Telekinesis is another great consideration because for only 25 cents, you're putting in something that can try to steal away these artifacts from these really big artifacts heavy decks so these things that are running cores philosopher stones even the battle mage decks where they're going to have a lot of things equipped to their avatar moving them around telekinesis is a great utility way of stealing artifacts i also included mix air in this one mix air is sitting around five dollars so you can fit in one or two into this twenty dollar budget uh, but it's also going to be part of the hundred dollar budget as well but with mix you're able to get those free castings of these things to try to hit that increased number of thresholds that you're including with your spells you're casting so mixes definitely help with that because it does allow you to cast them still but for a reduced cost i've also included chaos twister because it's sitting just over a dollar. Chaos Twister is a really powerful removal spell and it is a little bit complicated as you've probably come to know at this point, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it is a great removal spell and uh, it is sitting relatively cheap in there and it does have a couple of threshold blips in there so you get that bonus there. I've also included Sky Baron as a possibility of a one of maybe it's sitting around a dollar that does help you deal with the opponent's airborne minions if they happen to run a bunch of airborne minions that might be a good possibly side deck option right there and Withering Hero it is around six dollars uh, which might be a consideration as a possible sideboard card and a $100 upgrade or even a main deck card if your opponent is running something like Battle Mage where they're going to want to hit a bunch of your lower power minions. This helps you to allow them to not kill them and, and bring them back to your hand so that you can recast them again later. There are a few cheap sites that I considered for this budget upgrade as well. It's great to include another copy of Observatory because it's sitting around a dollar-ish, and you do get that card stack ability to stack the top of your deck. Watchtower is a great include at a quarter each, because that helps you take care of their stealth minions. If the opponent is running stealth minions, you're going to want to target those with your damage spells and with your avatar, so Watchtower helps you to get rid of the stealth ability off your opponent's minions. Free City is another great consideration. It's only a dollar, but that allows you to have more of these sites around the board 
that your opponent is going to have to deal with. With you bouncing around the board with these movement spells, they're going to have to not only worry about getting away from you, but also keeping out of your free cities. Sinkhole is another great one sitting at around $1.25, which allow you to destroy their problematic stuff as you're moving around in case they have things that might damage your avatar or uh, prevent your minions from going around. And last but not least, Standing Stones is a great consideration in this one because it does allow your minions to be spellcasters and uh, be able to take advantage of some of these spells that you're going to want to cast that you're going to want to hit them nearby, such as Chain Lightning and stuff like that. So great one to include there. The $100 upgrade range is going to include things such as Highland Princess. That's sitting around $8. That will definitely help you to be able to get your Lucky Charms as well as your Kythera Mechanism, which is also in this $100 budget upgrade list. That's sitting around $10. Kythera Mechanism will be a huge card in upgrading this deck because this deck is going to deal with a lot of random outcomes. And by being able to get Kythera Mechanism out, you're now taking control of those random outcomes and you're able to do whatever outcome you want to get the biggest effect from it. So two cards that I highly recommend, especially in the higher end budget upgrade, is Highland Princess and Kythera Mechanism because those will be able to get you a lot better random outcomes with your avatar. Some other ones for the higher end upgrade will be Grim Reaper. That's sitting around $10 to $12.00. Grim Reaper is just a really good card to include in an air deck and will be able to help take care of your opponent's problematic minions, banishing a lot of them, and also giving you that upper hand of seeing what your opponent is going to have in their hand in their deck to deal with your stuff. Browse and Dream Quest are two that are sitting around $10. Those are going to be great ways of digging through your deck. Those each have multiple air threshold on them to be able to get that added effect on there. And they're only one mana to cast, but they will be able to help you dig through your deck and find these pieces, more pieces that help you dig for that Kythera mechanism or those lucky charms or those damage spells that you need to get to remove something. And last but not least, we have Amethyst Core, which is sitting pretty expensive up there for this one, uh, around $60 to $70. But again, those cores are going to be very beneficial to the mana boost if uh, you're going to want to put those in there, if you have the budget for that. And last but not least, of course, like I said, Mirror Realm is great in this one because they're going to be able to copy uh, other sites that you have in there, such as Observatory or Free Cities, and add those copies out, on the, out onto the battlefield. Now, some of the cards that I considered removing for this deck for some of these upgrades were ones that were low mana and maybe low threshold and didn't really do too much. Like I said, um, Snow Leopard is one of those. Great low-cost card, but just doesn't really do enough in this deck for me to want to keep in there. Same as Sling Pixies. Uh, it does do an interesting effect. It is a great way of having that extra defense out there, but it's not really what I feel like this deck is trying to do. So uh, that's a consideration of removing. Kite Archer, again, just doesn't do enough for this deck as far as being a, a really big move around the board aggro deck. Roaming Monster is a little bit higher cost than we really want to have in this deck. Highland Clansmen, Plumed Pegasus, Midnight Rogue, these are all ones that are decent cards, but just a little bit higher cost and not enough threshold. And again, you want to keep your threshold high and your mana cost low for these decks and be able to pump out multiple spells and not so much these one or two ofs with these higher cost, uh, low threshold minions. I also considered removing Planar Gate just because we're not really playing a high uh, minion deck that wants to be able to move these around the way that Planar Gate will allow us to. Same with Updraft Ridge. These are caring for minions that we might be taking out of this deck. So I considered those as removals for here as well as Mountain Pass. Um, these are all ones that I just felt like don't synergize with what this deck is really trying to do. Now again, you can build these however you want to. You can include those. 
uh, depending on the way that you build those. But for the sake of my way that I built these decks on the budget upgrades, um, I just chose to remove those ones and put more emphasis on these low cost, high threshold spells. All right, next up, we're gonna move to the water elemental deck. Now for the water deck, we have the wave shaper avatar. They have the tap player draw site, as well as the tap ability to flood a site near your body of water until you do so again, tap minions without submerge, and they do not untap the next time that they would. So a very powerful board control effect with that one. So this deck is going to wanna to take a huge advantage of a lot of board control, freezing things in place, making them so they can't untap. You're gonna to wanna to get your movement and be able to take advantage of the fact that these things are frozen and get around these things and deal that damage to those undefended sites and that avatar themselves. So this deck is going to be really big on board control and a lot of control effects. Now, as far as the pre-con goes, I think the water pre-con probably came with the biggest selection of decent cards uh, that are just really good in this deck already. So we're not gonna be considering too many of these cards to cut, but there are a few in here that are low cost that really just don't do too much of their own. We have Sedge Crabs and Swamp Buffalo, which are just kind of there. Porcupine Pufferfish was a great include because it does have that lethal damage, um, which might be a good one for board defense. We have things like Swan Maidens, where you have that two mana minion with airborne but again it, it might not go with what you're trying to do with this but it does have great movement on there things like polar bears are very powerful for being able to move to the other side of the realm early game coral reef kelpie and pirate ship again are just going to be ones that are just there um, so there's a lot of ones in here that are just okay deep sea mermaids is going to be a great card draw outlet brob dingnag bullfrog a great board control one that also disables things and then you have your higher end ones like the sirawan hydra diluvian kraken and Anui Undying, which are higher mana, but you get a lot of utility out of them. Um, so great includes as far as minions go for magic. You have a lot of movement stuff and damage spells for water. Things like Riptide for that movement, Drown, Ice Lance for that damage, and a removal. Font of Life is great for healing. And then of course you have Stormy Seas and Wrath of the Sea, Mariner's Curse for board control. And then you also have Sunken Treasure in here for that card draw, which in this deck, I'm not a big fan of Sunken Treasure and Buried Treasure just because it takes a lot to get that stuff out and uh, take advantage of it. But this deck does have a lot of minions with Submerge. So probably consider keeping that treasure in there if you do go the route of a lot of Submerge minions uh, within the deck because you can get more use out of that. But as far as my deck build that I did, I took that out just to put in a little bit other options. The sites that it includes are the rivers, as well as the main sites that you see in a lot of water decks that do a lot of flooding or a forced movement such as floodplain, maelstrom, undertow. And this even came with an island leviathan, which is a really cool include of them because island leviathan is a really strong late game card to be able to transform into that minion and now all of a sudden have something really strong to deal with. So a very strong out of the box deck. The cards that I chose to have possible cuts, again, were things like sedge crab, swamp buffalo, sea serpent, pirate ship, uh, sunken treasure, coral reef kelpie, things that just didn't do quite as much as I wanted to do in this deck for board control and utility. Now the cards that we did decide to put on the $20 upgrade list were things like Tufted Turtles, Great Minion. The deck already comes with a copy of these, but they are just a really strong minion to have to deal with because they're going to have to deal damage to it twice in order to get rid of it. So definitely a good card there. You have Deep Sea Mermaids, uh, which give you that card draw outlet as well. Those are sitting just under a quarter. Changeling is another great one because you're able to bounce something back to their hand. So that could be great for you as far as keeping one of your minions safe or great for them as a pseudo removal. That's around a quarter. We also have Captain Baldassar which is a very cheap unique right now. It's only sitting about three to $4, so very affordable. A great one to include in this deck because you're going to be able to force the opponent to have to deal with it because as he attacks, 
you're going to cause them to discard stuff and then you can then cast stuff uh, that was discarded without paying the threshold. So great way of getting some extra card utility there as well as some card disadvantage for the opponent. I also have abundance on here because it's sitting around a dollar and it's a great way of boosting that mana even bigger if you do want to play some higher end stuff in your deck. Abundance is a great elite aura card for extra mana boost. Font of Life, it does include one of those in the deck but it's only around a quarter or so. A great one to include in a deck that you're going to be putting a lot of body of water cards out there flooding a lot of stuff. It's just going to give you that life gain back. A Cursed Albatross is sitting around a quarter. That could be a great offense or defense spell because it can do great area effect as far as removing all these things and it has that airborne ability which is pretty decent. I do also have Blizzard as a possible one if you want to build on the defense side of things. That's under a quarter as well as Drown if you want extra copies of Drown for board removal. Atlantean Fate is another strong one. It's sitting around three to four dollars but if you want to fit that in that's a great card for board control. It does remove the opponent's ability to use certain sites so definitely a powerful one there. I also included Fenvale Muse because Fenvale uh, again more card advantage. It allows you to re-trigger your rivers and uh, stack your deck a little bit. That's sitting around 15 cents or so. Dodge Roll is a great card to include in a water deck. It's sitting just under a quarter. Great way of having a defense spell in your hand in case they do start getting a little bit more aggressive and you need to move yourself out of there. I did include extra copies of Ice Lance, Fire Harpoons. Those are around 15 cents or so. Great ways of doing damage as well as forced movement in the case of Fire Harpoons. Marine Voyage, another great card under a quarter that allows you to move a lot of your minions uh, and kind of play the aggressive end of things. Geyser is another one that gets you that replacement card draw as well as a way to give your minions airborne and uh, get some more movement advantage out of them. Those are around a quarter. We also have Stormy Seas which is just over a quarter as well as Riptide if you want to include another copy of that that's relatively cheap under a quarter. Sleep is another great board control one to be able to disable things which is a big part of this deck. You want to disable things and have that control so sleep is under a quarter. Shrink is also another board control one to be able to shrink those really large hard to kill minions and shrink them down to be able to get rid of them and deal with them a little bit easier. That is around $1.65 but a great card to include in this one. I also included Mega Amoeba because for under a dollar that's just a fun minion, especially if you have a lot of ways of uh, moving him around. And if you're disabling a lot of their stuff, you might be able to get some extra movement out of him. And it could be kind of fun. Now, I did include a few in here that are a little bit on the pricier side, but depending on how you build your deck, you might be able to fit them into the $20 upgrade. These include Lord of Unland, which is around $6. He just gives a little bit of a power buff to all your things within that body of water. Mother Nature is around $5. She is able to help you churn out extra minions from the top of your deck if you want to go that extra minion aggro uh, just get them out for free and mix aqua is another great one as the mixes again uh, it's sitting around five dollars and it does help you to get that mana boost to get something big out there early game for them to have to deal with so those are a lot of the really decent cards that i found that have something that this deck can take advantage of and utilize in what it's trying to do as far as the hundred dollar upgrade i did include some higher end cards such as ruler of thule that's just under ten dollars sitting around eight dollars or so that will give you a huge movement advantage to be able to move your minions uh, across the upper and lower borders and give a little bit of that power boost Great Old One is another great include in here. Obviously, it's a very powerful card to have in a water deck. It's sitting just under $10, uh, but he could be a very powerful include in a deck. Definitely worth considering in there. Again, you have your Lord of Unland, your Mother Nature. Uh, those are going to be a little bit more on the pricier side, so you might want to consider them for the $100 upgrade, as well as the Mix Aqua uh, again. And the Mirror Realm, again, just in every deck, it's sitting around 18 to 20 bucks. Great include in this one because Mirror Realm can copy those rivers and get you that ability to scry 
You can even copy uh, if you're trying to put some free cities in there again for that board control. Free cities, another one that might be great included in here because it gives you more board control and gives your opponent something to have to think about when they're moving around the board with you freezing them in place and having to worry about the sites. Last but not least, Aquamarine Core in here, around $60, but it gives you that water boost. Um, so again, this deck is just focusing on wanting to have a lot of minions that have the submerge ability or disable things. Um, it's going to care about a lot of board control and movement and giving you that upper hand to be able to get your minions in and attack these undefended sites or their avatar and get that damage in and disable as many things as you can. All right, and last but not least is the Earth deck. Earth deck came with Geomancer. Geomancer has the tap ability to play or draw a site, but if you played an Earth site, you fill a void adjacent to you with rubble, and then it has the other tap ability to tap, replace an adjacent rubble with the topmost site of your atlas. So very similar to Pathfinder, but definitely very different. A great avatar to be able to ramp out really quickly. Now this deck is going to want to put a lot of rubble out there obviously because then you can take advantage of the second ability to replace rubble with the top side of your atlas. Now what this does is allow you to use your beginning draw for your turn to draw a spell and then you just tap your avatar and you get that site down and you don't have to tap it to play one and use your card draw to draw the sights to have in your hand. You can just tap it similar to Pathfinder and just draw it from the top of your deck. So Geomancer is very powerful. You're going to want to consider some mid-range to high-range mana cost uh, minions because you, like I said, are going to be able to ramp out very quickly and get an upper hand in spell draw. And so for Geomancer, we're aiming for more of a overall board control. You see a lot of these big hitter earth spells in here for controlling the grid, for getting these large hard-to-deal-with minions out, a lot of utility minions that help you ramp out or deal this damage. So Geomancer is all about getting these big hitters out, these problematic things, board control, pumping out spells. Um, so for the sake of this, we're going to take a look at the pre-con deck and what it came with. We have a lot of decent utility minions in here, such as Land Surveyor to give you that sight draw. Pudge Butcher is going to have that board control, uh, as that's a very powerful card to limit your opponent's movements there and have to kind of think about how to deal with that. You also have Ratinous Titan, which uh, has a Genesis ability to be a devastating blow. Amazon Warriors is in here a little bit of a high cost but it is a very powerful minion just because it is a high power minion on there one that i did consider removing though but it also depends on how you want to build it we also have two very powerful cards in here that it included king of the realm which allows you to take control of all mortals on the board so if your opponent's playing mortals that uh, it can be a huge devastating effect to just take control of all of them as well as mountain giant mountain giant is eight mana four mana threshold it is a very powerful large minion and can be very hard for the opponent to deal with this deck also included things like Overpower for that power boost, Divine Healing to be able to get your life back again, Border Militia, a great way to get a lot of little minions out on the defensive side of things. It also had some very powerful earth spells such as Bury, Cave-In, and Craterize for removal and damage. It did come with Entangled Terrain as that board control to uh, disable things in place, and as well as a few artifacts that don't do too much in this deck, but Rolling Boulder can be a very powerful one, especially for that finishing blow. The sites that it included were the Villages, of course, which you see in a lot of earth decks to be able to just get that one little soldier token. You also have Quagmire and Sinkhole as board control to disable things or destroy sites. Holy Ground is a great include in this one. They included a copy of that for that healing aspect of it. So decent deck right off the bat. There are a few things that I wanted to 
consider removing in here just because they really didn't do too much um, in this deck you're really wanting to aim not so much for the vanilla minions but you want more utility out of your minions you want your things to be harder to deal with so for this reason i did consider removing wild boars scent hounds scent hounds are only really good if you're dealing with things that have stealth so if you do find yourself dealing with stealth minions that might be a good one to include one or two of in there but uh, i did include them in the considerations to remove cave trolls autumn unicorn these just didn't do too much on their own house arn bannerman dalcian flanks siege ballista and payload trebuchet are just ones that uh either required a lot to get them out and a lot to utilize them or they just didn't do enough in this deck to take advantage of them for the mana and threshold costs that they were i also took out vantage hills just because if you're taking out some of these ranged minions you're not necessarily wanting to use vantage hills uh, because you can fit some better things in there now, some cards that I included for the $20 upgrade consideration. One of the main ones is going to be Star Seeds of Ur. Star Seeds is a unique, and it is still relatively cheap, sitting just under $4. That one is going to, for one mana, be able to fill a lot of spaces with rubble, and just right away you can take advantage of your Geomancer's ability to tap and replace rubble with a sight. A lot of the ones I included here too are extra copies of cards that are already in these decks that you might want multiples of because some of these came with just one of this card and it's good having two or three of these in there. For example, Land Surveyor is only about five cents. You're gonna wanna get your extra draw in there for these sites just in case you do wanna be able to draw these sites on there. It's a great way to get a body plus a, a site draw. Pudge Butcher is just under $2. Considering putting two copies in there just because that is a very hard card for your opponent to deal with and a great way to get a little bit of board control. The deck came with some copies of Berry, Crater Eyes, and Cave In, but these are all around a quarter to 50 cents. Might be worth considering putting an extra copy in there just because those cards are really, really good. Divine Healing I also put in here because that's only a quarter and it's great to have at least two copies in a deck where you can utilize that life gain on there because that's a very powerful effect to be able to just heal almost half your life on a single card. I also included Earthquake because Earthquake is just over a dollar and it's a great card to be able to rearrange sites, deal with your opponent building up minions and or artifacts on these sites. So very powerful Earth spell in there for only $1.25 or so. Atlas Wanderers is a big hitter. It's a very powerful minion on its own, but it's also a way to rearrange the board a little bit and uh, kind of have that board control. That's only with 75 cents, so relatively cheap. This deck also came with a copy of Ratanus Titan. I did include another one as a possibility because for only 75 cents to be able to have that minion that is not only a strong minion, but strikes everything at its location when it comes in on Genesis. Very strong ability there. Some other things I included are Root Spider. Root Spider is around a couple dollars. Very powerful board control spell to be able to just disable things on top of it. Great include in this deck. Shield Maidens are only a quarter. That allows your minions to take one less damage. I also have a few other minions here such as Avalon Dryads. That is a great way to ramp out. And Frontier Settlers as well. These are just under a quarter. These are both great ways to ramp out. Get those extra sites or those mana boosts out. And I also have Dispel because Dispel is really good at dealing with artifacts and auras. This deck didn't come with any but that is a great great spell only five cents to include at least two copies in there maybe some more in your sideboard now i also included minecart madness because it's only 25 cents and for a deck where you're having a lot of land sites in here that is a great card to be able to just instantly move a handful of minions throughout your sites and be able to attack things far away from where they're starting out a great movement card right there definitely underplayed minecart madness is only at 25 cents i also included tragedy worry wart because it's only 25 cents and that might be a great way to prevent your opponent from being able to deal these really big hitter 
other spells and uh, it just keeps your minions safe from those area of effect or huge board damage spells uh, for relatively cheap. I also included some sites in here. Another copy of Holy Ground, only 25 cents. It's great to have those ones in there to heal you up. Another copy of Bedrock at 25 cents, just because Bedrock is a good site, especially against water decks where they're gonna wanna flood your stuff. Bedrock does not allow them to flood it or change it in any way. You cannot modify it, you cannot destroy it. So just a great card in there. Sinkhole, also great inclusion in this one because when you destroy something, it turns in in the rubble. So not only are you getting that board control uh, and being able to destroy their sites, but it gives you that rubble, which you can utilize with your Geomancer. So that's only a buck 25. Gnome Hollows, also decent because again, you're having that board control, being able to put that out there and prevent your opponent from moving on there. Those are only about 50 cents. Imperial Road is another great one. That one's only about $2, a little bit pricier for a cheaper site. But if you play Imperial Road with your Geomancer, you're playing it out and then as Imperial Road comes out, you can then put a site from your hand down and further ramp out. So if you are having these sites in your hand as well, that's a great way to further ramp out and kind of get that double ramp ability there. So great combo with Geomancer there. A few other ones that are relatively cheap that they did include in the deck are Overpower, Border Militia, and Entangled Terrain. Those are all 10 cents or cheaper. Great cards in this deck and worth considering having some extra copies of in there just for the power boost the defense boost, and the ability to disable their stuff in place. Now for the $100 upgrade, I did include Mixed Terra, of course, that's sitting around $5. You can put that in the $20 upgrade if you budget accordingly. Of course, the mixes are gonna be a huge power boost, especially in a deck like this, where you're going to ramp out and be able to get these higher mana cost things, but if you can get them out even sooner, it makes the opponent have to deal with it even sooner. So that and the core, the Onyx core is sitting around $70 or so. Another great include in here just for that mana boost. I also included Gigantism in here because Gigantism is a relatively cheap unique. It's sitting around $6, but it gives that huge power boost. So to be able to, to just increase something's power by six with a very cheap spell can give you a huge damage boost and a huge upper hand, especially early game. So that's a great possible include for the $100 upgrade. Another very powerful card in this deck since you're dealing with a bunch of earth minions is Crusade. Now Crusade again is not available on TCG player, but card dig does have some copies in and they're sitting around the $25 to $30 range. And that is a great include in this deck because not only will it allow you to cast your stuff on the opponent's sites, but it powers them up and all your stuff is gonna be earth minions. So you're definitely gonna be able to take advantage of that. I also have Midland Army, around $5 or so is a very powerful card, very hard to deal with. It can do a lot of damage. It's just very powerful on its own. That's a great include in this one. And last but not least, Queen of Midland, is another great minion for this deck. It's sitting around five to six dollars, but Queen will get you that card draw advantage. Every time the opponent draws a card, you draw a card. Um, so just a very good way of getting card draw in this deck. And the last site that I put in here for consideration is Pillar of Zyros. That's sitting around six to seven dollars. Now Pillar of Zyros will also get you that life gain if your opponent has a bunch of minions or even you have minions in your cemetery. Especially useful if the opponent is playing something like Death Speaker or a recursion deck where they're getting things out of their cemetery. Not only is it going to be able to get rid of that stuff, but also give you that little bit of life gain. So another great consideration there for the higher end upgrade. All right, so a lot of cards in here. Um, this is assuming a lot of you know a lot of these cards. I didn't want to get into too much detail uh, about these specific cards in here as a lot of these cards are familiar to most people at this point. And again, I did build these decks as examples. I built a $20 deck and a $100 budget deck of each of these elements. And uh, I'm going to put the link to those at the end of the show notes. That way, if you'd like an example of some decks that I made that stick within that budget for each element, 
you can take a look in there and kind of see what I'm working with and see what synergy I have with these decks. And even if you don't want to build that exact deck build, you can kind of use that as a foundation for kind of tweaking your own little deck builds within this budget limit. But that is it. Uh, I just wanted to cover the decks for each element, some cards that I had as considerations. These are just really generic cards that will fit in a lot of different strategies and a lot of different play styles. Again, a lot of these were just cards that they did include, but I wanted to include more copies of them because they might have only included a one of in these decks. Some of these were ones that are really, really good in here and obvious includes for these elements that they didn't include in here because they're just too powerful or too good. But that's it for the budget upgrade section of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed these considerations for upgrades, keeping within these budget limits. Again, it depends how much you want to spend on these. You can go somewhere in between. But again, I just kind of want a little bit of an example of some cheap options that you can do to get these starting decks up and have a little bit more of a competitive edge out of box. So it's a little hard to convey some of these upgrades over the podcast because uh, if you're not super familiar with some of these, uh, you're going to have to look a lot of these up. But again, I posted the list at the end of the show notes so you can take a look at those and uh, delve a little bit further into these upgrades that I did. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the last part of the podcast, the card highlights. So for the card highlights, I have been realizing that I haven't really included sites for some of these card highlights. I've been mostly focusing on a lot of spells. So because of that, I am going to include a couple of sites on these card highlights. Now, the first one that we have is Dome of Osiris. Now, Dome is a neutral site. It doesn't have a threshold. But Dome of Osiris says that minions here cannot be attacked and that site cannot be attacked. So it's great for a defensive strategy if you want to have those sites out to generate mana, but you don't want those sites to be open for attack. It's also great for having minions there that you don't necessarily need to move. They might be utility minions that you just have this passive ability, such as Queen of Midland. You're going to want it to be in the background and just do its thing for you and not so much be in the front lines attacking and possibly losing it. You're going to want it to stay in the background and just keep doing its effect. So Dome is a very powerful one for something like that, preventing Queen being attacked and uh, preventing that Dome being attacked. Next, we have Island Leviathan. It was included in the water deck, just a very powerful land. It's a great site because it provides that water threshold. It is a water site and end of game, if you do have that huge water threshold, you can transform it into this really large, hard to deal with minion. You are destroying that site, but towards the end of the game, you're not necessarily gonna need to have that site. You're gonna wanna trade that in for this very big, powerful minion. So that's a great site to include. I really like that site, and it's basically an auto-include in most water decks. All right, last but not least, we have Flanking Maneuver. Flanking Maneuver is an exceptional spell, three mana, one air threshold, and it says teleport any number of allies in one location to another location, a chest knight's move away, draw a card. So this is a very powerful movement ability on this card. I don't think it's used very widely because it does intimidate people a little bit with this requirement of moving them in a chess knight's move away. Now, a lot of people that might not be familiar with chess might not know how to use this movement ability, but if you are familiar with chess and you recognize the chess knight's move away, it's two steps up and one step over. For only three mana, you can teleport any number of allies at one location to another location and all of a sudden they are there they're clumped together you can do a bunch of damage especially in a wolf deck where you're going to have a bunch of your wolves grouped together you move all of them at once and then do these devastating attacks so a very great movement there plus it replaces itself by drawing a card on the same card so very cool card all right everybody and that is it that is the end of the episode before we end i do just want to give one shout out Uh, my buddy will jackson did hook me up with some 
Really amazing promos that I was looking for for my collection, those lightning bolt promos. I did promise him a little bit of a shout out at the end, so thank you, Will Jackson. I really appreciate you helping me get those for my collection. Um, aside from that, I just want to say thank you so much to the listeners. Thank you for listening to the episode and for tuning in. I want to say thanks to the Discord community for always supporting. And if you aren't part of Discord yet, I will be posting links to all the Discord channels at the end of this podcast. Definitely get in there. The community is great. We have a lot of fun in there, a lot of new faces we're seeing lately, so it's really, really cool to see more people get in there. So again, thank you so much for listening. Be kind to one another. And last but not least, as always, stay contested. See you next time.